This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Cruise Control, that car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury, and as usual, I'm joined by my friends here on the show, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, Daniel. Just cruising without any controls. <laughs> of course. Ali Johan. Say hello, Ali. Hello, good evening. We have a week full of new SUV releases. I was hoping you were going to do a little song like Daniel's. Well. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have that talent. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy because there's just so many new cars coming in the market. Okay, a show as usual in three parts. And we've got a whole bunch of launches up in just a minute or two. And then in uh, part two of the show, we've got an exclusive, exclusive interview uh, with Shell Malaysia on the Shell Fuel Save 95. Uh, and then coming up towards the end of the show, it's a review of the Jaguar XFP 250. Okay, uh, what have we got first then? We're going to start with a local one. Uh, just last weekend, actually, the long-awaited Proton X90 was officially launched by Malaysian Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim at an event at Mitech uh, on Sunday, actually. And the Proton X90, we've mentioned about it. It is Proton's new seven-seater SUV. Comes in a 1.5-litre engine, but this time it has four variants. So Proton exciting the market whenever they bring a new car in. This is an SUV, proper large size. Now, if you look at it in the pictures, you'll think, wow, this is a big car. But let me bring down your shock a little bit. Hmm. It's not that big. It's actually the size of the X50. Hear oh. me right? The size of the X50, but stretched. So it gives you three rows of seats. So if you park it next to an X50 nose to nose, you'll notice it's maybe slightly taller. Same width, same front, same face, same features, but it's longer. So when it's longer... They've managed to put in the third row seating with air conditioning vans and everything else. So it's a proper seven-seater. Now, they've got four variants. They have six-seater and a seven-seater. Now, the great thing about this new vehicle is it is actually almost 100% from Geely. So you're actually getting a high-quality China-made vehicle that is assembled here. A lot of crazy, crazy, crazy luxury features. I'm looking at the list of features. It's just amazing. Um... When you talk about safety features, comfort features, cabin features, it's got everything. There is nothing mm. lacking in this car except autonomous drive. Okay. Mm. It even have a sunroof, you know? It even has a sunroof. <laughs> nice color combination and everything else. So here comes the best part. Because it's a Proton using the Malaysian-made badge, prices start from 123,800 ringgit to just 152,800. Now, initial, initial requests coming in from the public, it seems that everybody is going for the high spec. Why not? 152000 mm. in this market, over a nine-year loan, that's a couple of hundred dollars. You know? So, I think it's going to be another sellout for Proton. My only worry is this. Can they cope with the after sales? Aha. Uh-huh. Do you think they'll be able to cope with demand then, Daniel, as well? Well, you know, most of the car is coming from China. China is, you know, very quick to to put things together, quick to supply. This car was already developed two years ago. So the original version has already been selling in a lot of mature markets where it's left and drive. They've never had a delivery problem. So I think delivery would not be a big problem until they start doing, you know, proper CKD. Then Mm. maybe, you know, it'll take some time. But until then, I think delivery shouldn't be a problem. But of course, 
overwhelming demand. We have to see how. Looking okay. at how the Malaysian economy is going, I don't think anyone is slowing down car purchases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As Daniel mentioned, the flagship model tops out at 152,800 ringgit. Daniel, we were expecting a mild hybrid version. We call it a hybrid. It's a new energy vehicle. It's 1.5 using a mild battery system. Hmm. Uh, it's it's just to assist you. You know, it's a 48 volt electric motor system. Don't expect it to save you a lot of fuel because you're still moving quite a big vehicle. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the short form for the system is called BSG. So there's been a lot of uh, promotion done online. Uh, Proton has been promoting on their website and everything else. When you look at all the the the, the various uh, models, you know they got. Like I said, from 123,800, the next up is 130,800, and then you got 144,800. You know, the difference in price is very small against what they're giving you. So you might as well just go 152,800. You get a six-seater configuration, two captain chairs, panoramic sunroof, leather upholstery, ventilated seats on the second row. Mm. What else do you need? Yeah, it's mm. pretty kitted. And you know, out of all the functions that are available, and also. Protection and security for the car. There's one item that caught my attention, which is flood relief insurance up to one thousand ringgit for the first mm. couple of thousand buyers. Uh, we've never seen this by Proton before, Daniel. Yes, but you see, the insurance company is giving it, and Proton is just taking it on and adding it on for you. Now, whether you renew it for the following year, that's up to you. But mm. this is something which I think Proton is saying. Listen, it's about time everybody who buys any car, whether it's Proton or not. Get la flood relief insurance, pay a little bit more, you know. But if you're buying a thirty, forty, fifty thousand ringgit car, this little bit of money counts. But when you're buying a hundred and fifty or hundred and thirty thousand ringgit car, just pay the the difference, like get get flood relief, you know. And finally, for its price, uh, especially the flagship edition at its price point one fifty k, who are its rivals? Oh, interesting question. Well, I will start with the most direct rival, I'll say, which is the Hyundai Santa Fe seven seater. Also comes in four variants. Price about from one hundred and seventy to about two hundred and ten thousand right now because they are giving some discounts because this is already about three four years in the market. The mm. Hyundai has got almost equivalent features, technology, everything else, but bigger capacity engines. It's got either a petrol engine or a diesel engine. The diesel engine is really really bulky and fun to drive. So that is one rival. The other one is the Mazda CX. Eight. Now the CX-8 also comes with the diesel, comes with the petrol, also bigger capacity engines. Prices are about thirty to forty thousand ringgit more. Now you must understand, all these are, these competitors are more expensive. Why? They don't have a national car status, so they pay higher tax. Okay, so that that can't be avoided. Then you got a car which we talked about very recently, the Kia Sorento. Right. Yeah. And that's fully imported. So fully imported, even higher tax. But you know it's two twenty, two ten. So a lot of people say, "Hey, you know, it's already crossing the two hundred thousand mark." You know, mm. but all three competitors are bigger vehicles. Right, right, right. Okay. So uh, yeah. that is the Proton X ninety, and as Daniel confirmed, already uh, a few thousand units have been delivered. So if you see them on the road, give us a shout, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a photo of the new X ninety. On the roads, and yeah. make sure you're taking a picture of the X90, not the X15. Thinking is the X90. Oh, you might get mistaken. Uh, they have a different front grille, as I can see. I yes, think. the grille is different, and of course the rear is different. But you know, if one glance, you might say, "Hey, was it the X90?" Ah, elongated X50, maybe. Yes, yes. Okay, just before we move on to the uh, next thing, what's this about the uh, the JPJ and the uh, license renewal thing? Mm. Yes, another good move by JPJ. 
Tell us, Ali. Yeah, so this week, JPJ and Transport Minister, the YB Anthony Lok, have announced that Malaysian motorists can renew their driving licence for up to 10 years now. This Anthony Lok fella, you know, ooh, I'm liking him. Yeah, moving and shaking the market, getting things done. Yeah. Getting things done. Yeah, you know, just early this year, we had the road tax digitized and we can renew our licences online. And then mm. now this, um, one slight problem. I have my license renewed for up to three years, but sometimes I forget that it ends. This one, 10 years, I don't know if I can remember if it's expiring. Uh, good point. Well, what you got to do is you got to make sure you don't change your phone so you, you keep it in your phone reminder. Yeah. Like for me, I never forget simply because I'm always test driving cars and they always ask for my license. You need to have it yes. not expired. Like you guys who are not always checking your license, yes, you are right. You can easily forget if it's 10 years. Just treat it like your passport, you know? You know when your passport expires, right? Yeah, but you know when your passport expires because you want to go on that holiday. It's not like you want to drive and check your license. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember when I need to renew mine now. I think it's... Mm. Check it, check it. After the show, check it. Yeah, so if you're in, I guess, the period of uh, license renewal, you know, you can go to these places to do it very easily. Post Malaysia, any post office, the Mm -hmm. JPJ offices, as well as the Urban Transformation Centre, UTCs in your cities all around Malaysia. I just want to add, I go to the post office all the time and they are the best. Yep. Yep. Fast, easy, easy parking, no Mm -hmm. issue. And then back to uh, original programming. Um, more SUVs. <laughs> More SUVs, yeah. Uh, another new SUV this week, this time by uh, Subaru. They just uh, revealed the all-new 2023 Subaru Forester in four new trim levels. Comes with a, quite a hefty price increase. Let's look at it, Daniel. I looked at this and said to myself, you know, Subaru has been doing so well the past decade in Malaysia and, you know, sales have been good. Uh, you can see where I'm going with this. Eh? But <laughs> with this latest version it doesn't look all new the profile of the vehicle is still the same yes the lights have changed the grill the lower bumper the 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 diffuser kit the rims but it's essentially the previous subaru it's more like a facelift yes they've added you know better safety features and you know subaru eyesight features are fantastic they're one of the best in the market but again i i would i would have wanted something totally new you know something that says whoa i'm driving a new forester you know Mm -hmm. And that's the problem because a lot of people go in the showroom and they'll say, does it really look different? And then if they buy it, they're able to say, hey, you didn't buy a new car. This is the problem, you know? Right, yeah. So it anyway, is a new car. I, I spent an extra 20,000 ringgit on it. Of course, yeah. it's new. So the price has gone up, like you said, about 20,000 ringgit, but they've got added, added features, uh, some new looks here and there, you know, front, back and everything else. But they could have done a lot more. And I think the problem is with, with Subaru, uh, they're not a huge Japanese car company. They're a very modest car company. Uh, they don't have factories all over the place, but they have a commanding sales presence in America, Australia, New Zealand, and of course, uh, Malaysia. They're not big in Indonesia at all. They're not big in Thailand. They're, quite, they're, quite, they're doing quite well in Taiwan. But you know, they, they've got some markets where they're okay, some markets where they're not okay. So they're not a big global player like Honda and Toyota mm. and Mazda. So I think because of that, they, they tend to be a little bit complacent in terms of design language, you know? But they never fail to produce great boxer engines and that asymmetrical all-wheel drive system is still class-leading. So we'll give them all that. We'll give them all that. So price-wise, from 173500 to 195500 hmm. Now, in the case of Proton just now, I said, you know, most people will go for the higher version. Here, I think a lot of people are actually going to look at the lower price version because 
Once you go to one nine five five hundred, you're too close to two hundred thousand. And when you're close to two hundred thousand, the the competition is just crazy. You know what I mean? Mm. And you also got the grey market to worry about because the grey market is bringing in all these smaller SUVs, and you know the prices are about this. Maybe it's one year old, but you know people still say, "Hey, I'm getting something better, bigger, more premium." You know, right? So, I think Subaru has got their pricing issue to think about, and also they got to go back and talk to the designers. Yeah, so low spec starts from one hundred seventy three thousand five hundred, and just for comparison, the two thousand and nineteen Forester, which still looks kind of new, uh, the top spec is just a little lower than one hundred sixty thousand. So, yes, as we mentioned, you know the Subaru Forester, two liter engine, all wheel drive, and it now comes with EyeSight four point oh, which is essentially an extra pair of eyes to assist drivers. They've got this thing called the Autonomous Emergency Steering, Richard. It helps steer mm-hmm. your car away from obstacle even if you're going up to 80 kilometers per hour. So, Ooh. yeah, really, really smart car producing 196 PS and 196 newton meters of torque with a 7-speed CVT. And that's the new Subaru Forester 2023. Up next, another SUV, this time an electrified SUV, recently at the Malaysia Auto Show 2023. BMW unveiled another i-series electric SAV. It's not an SUV, it's a sports activity vehicle. Uh, it's called the iX1 X-Drive 30 M Sport. That's a mouthful, huh? Mm. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it then. So this is uh, BMW's latest entry-level uh, SAV. Now, SAV means sports activity vehicle. BMW does not like to use the word SUV. SUV, sports utility vehicle. They say, let everybody else use it. We will use the word SAV. I remember more than a decade ago going overseas for the launch of the first ever SAV, which was the BMW X3. And they kept going on and on about SAV, 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 SUV, SKV, SKF, whatever, you know. Mm. But they've kept to that name and they've kept to that, that profile. Why do they say it? Because they say that even though it's a high-riding vehicle, it's a family vehicle, it's an off-road vehicle, it's still very, very sporty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's fine with them. Now, this latest version comes with a bit of a disappointment in terms of pricing. And I'll tell you why. It's almost 80,000 ringgit more than the outgoing model. Now, wow. a lot of people, yeah, exactly. A lot of people are going to say, why 80,000 ringgit more? So don't get upset when you hear the number 80,000. There is a reason why BMW raised the price. Now, this, of course, now is a plug-in hybrid. Mm-hmm. So plug-in hybrid, electrified version, you got a lot more electronics and features and everything else. The previous version was local assembled and it was a run-out model. That is why it was $208,000 compared to this now, $285,000. Actually, the difference is $77,000. Mm. And then you've got a lot more features. You've got the new infotainment screen. You've got you know, uh, more connectivity. And, and of course, the car has got much more power. This vehicle now, with this plug-in hybrid uh, powertrain, is giving you out 313 horsepower 494 newton meters of torque. That is when the battery and the engine is working together. Mm-hmm. That means your zero to hundred is five point six seconds. It's a real SUV. Okay. Wow. Okay. If you put all this together, then you say I don't mind getting this electrified version, lah. So BMW is targeting a very niche market. A lot of people are going to say, hey, you know, it's a bit expensive. But then BMW is BMW. They are not selling you something, you know, mediocre or something not really premium. On top of that, they give you a five-year unlimited mileage warranty, eight years or one hundred and sixty thousand kilometer battery warranty, 
and they give you of course you know roadside assistance and everything else so buying this SAV has its benefits if you're really going to go all out there lah you know now on to one last EV of the week uh, we just welcome a new EV on the block uh, this time uh, a company called Neta Neta V uh, and they've launched a touchable smart EV also announced at the Malaysia Auto Show recently it will soon be available in Malaysia this one is an EV designed for Malaysian drivers and it comes at a very attractive price well the launch price was just under 100000 ringgit but immediately they offered a 10000 discount to consumers at the show which i think will stay on for quite a while they said for the first 100 cars but i think they'll stay for quite a while because that brings it down to 89000 now in april this year earlier this year i actually guessed the price at 89000 do well done well done right on the money dude right on the <laughs> money so anyway a lot of people when i guessed the price they said oh too expensive because and i'll tell you why this car was launched it's a, it's not a big car it's about the size of the the myvi okay mm but sitting a bit taller maybe a bit longer it's a small compact city car it's got a small battery 95 ps 160 newton meters of torque it'll do about 100 kilometers an hour top speed so a lot of people say oh why so slow uh, you don't need to go faster than that because why your top speed is 110 the battery range claimed is 380 kilometers but normally when they do claimed take away 20% to be safe So you're looking about 300 320. So that's about the same range as you get with a Nissan Leaf. Now the Nissan Leaf is about 160,000. This is 90,000 ringgit. Now, a lot of people are going to say great value, great car, everything fantastic. Now, this Neta comes from a company called Hozon, H O Z O N in China. Now, Hozon is a reasonably big company, but they're quite a new company. So my worry is this, this new Chinese startups when they build electric cars they get a you know malaysian distributor they get a thai distributor indonesian distributor they pump 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 they bring this vehicle in it's got you know like is it touch screen you got you know a lot of wonderful features inside um, you got nice battery but what about replacement parts what about replacement batteries when you need it this is my little worry because unlike byd and great wall and cherry which are long established companies this is a relatively new Chinese electric car company 2014 from what I'm reading yeah yes on top of that that price is really good however in Thailand when they launched it a few months ago it was launched at 549000 baht which at today's exchange rate is just below 70000 ringgit oh so that is why i managed to guess the price at 89000 you know putting in all the after sales and warranty and everything else but still How did they get the price so low in Thailand because in Thailand also they'll be offering after sales warranty and mm-hmm. servicing you know mm-hmm. electric cars are now tax free in Malaysia so by right it should be very close to the Malaysian price but never mind maybe they've got some special incentive in Thailand which they hooked on to because the company Neta has I mean the company Hozon sorry is making Thailand one of their hubs you know what I mean yeah yeah so the Thai government could have given them some really good incentives yeah mm-hmm. so they're putting up a full plant just outside bangkok which will be the main manufacturing base for building right hand drive netas for the asean region including malaysia very interesting right. but their target is 20000 units a year just for malaysia and thailand ambitious very ambitious and if they actually achieve it it could actually mean the price coming down Right. Mm. Okay. I mean, if the price is coming down eight to nine thousand, 
Well, the price is at eighty nine thousand. If it right. does come down anymore, how do you do you see people buying this though, Daniel? For people to walk into the Malaysian Auto Show to buy this for eighty nine thousand ringgit. Now, the Malaysian Auto Show uh, had a lot of EVs there. All the other brands were there. All you know, whether from premium, non premium, uh, mm. mid range, and whatever else. Now, for them to rush and buy this, I, from what I understand, this car took the highest number of sales per day. Okay. Oh wow! Right. So that means there's a there's a lot of consumers out there who can't afford. Bigger EVs, like we said before, the, right. the the magical price was below hundred thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. So the hundred and sixty thousand, hundred and sixty eight, hundred sixty nine thousand cars like BYD and Aura Good Cat, which have been doing very well, they've sold up to a thousand units for certain models, doing well. Delivering is is going on as we as we as we speak, but there's another group of people who wanted electric cars below hundred thousand. Now they are not really doing enough research to check whether can I live with this car for eight years. That's number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Number two, if I'm living in government housing, do I have charging facilities? Because this vehicle has only got about realistically about 300 kilometers range. Now, if you're living in a house, you won't have a wall box. You'll be using a normal plug point. Mm. Now, a normal plug point will take six to eight hours to charge from 30 to 80 percent. Now, right. if you use DC fast charging, of course, faster. But DC fast charging costs money. If you're buying something like this, you don't have money for DC fast charging, and you you wouldn't want to be using DC fast charging unless you're going outstation on a trip. So when you take all these factors into consideration, and then on top of that, this is not a very big vehicle. So if you overload it, if you overload it, you're going to stress out the the battery and the the motor. Mm-hmm. So you have to consider all this, and then the car weighs only. This is surprising. The car weighs only just one point one tons, one thousand one hundred and fifty one kilos. Now that tells me that it's not using a very big battery because yeah. the larger EV cars they're all two point two, two point three, two point four tons. And right. most of the weight is coming from the battery. So if you're yeah. not using a very big battery, that means the density is not great. How long will the battery last? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Well, interesting. Do they have battery replacement features for afterwards, after sales? Well, that's the thing. They're not highlighted. Their after sales, their centers, their battery costs. You know, if you have to replace the battery, but a lot of manufacturers are very hesitant to even share that. So, Hoson to me, okay, new company. They've been around. They're building cars, but are they there to stay? You know. Mm. Putting up a factory in Bangkok sounds good, but you know I still want to. I want to see the gong being hit, and then okay, production starts. You know. Okay, shall we take a short break? Sure. Yep. Uh, are we done with SUVs for the day? Definitely. Yes, we're done with SUVs. Mm-hmm. Woo. Okay, folks, we're going to take a short break, and when we do come back, uh, we have the exclusive interview with Shell Malaysia on uh, Shell Fuel Save '95. Stick around, of course. We'll be right back with that information. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We're into part two of the show. And as promised, we're going to be speaking to Shell Malaysia's mobility division. General manager, it is uh, Li Ming. And she's going to be telling us all we need to know about a new and improved edition of Shell's Fuel Save RON95. Ali Johan got the loader. Let's get straight into it. The story behind this new and improved Shell Fuel Safe 
How long has this been in the works? We launched this product on the 8th of February. And uh, as you know, Shao is one of the biggest fuel retailers globally. We have more than 45,000 stations and are servicing 30 million customers every day. And one of our mission is how do we actually power progress uh, uh, for our customer and uh, how do we make their life journeys better. Mm-hmm. And hence, when we launched uh, this uh, new and improved Shell Fuel Safe 95, it has provided the benefit of uh, up to 15 kilometer longer per tank and uh, something is very welcome uh, to the Malaysia consumer. Yes, that claim excited us at Cruise Control because Daniel Fernandez, he loves it when petrol can take you further. So you guys have injected a new generation deposit targeting technology. Uh, what is it? And tell me more about this. Yeah. Before I talk about maybe deposit targeting technology, because this we, we launch a product every five years. Mm. And uh, it, it went through a very extensive uh, research and development with about close to 150 few scientists globally. Um, it's it's a, a lot of R&D work over the course of five years that we come back and continue to innovate to provide a product benefit to our customer. And this uh, new and improved Shell Fuel Safe 95 with the deposit targeting technology actually could actually capture some of the carbon deposit that build over the time when the engine is uh, running. So you can imagine uh, fuel economy to the engine is very, very important. Mm. Uh, and that's where when the engine is new, it's clean, uh, everything works perfectly. Just imagine you are taking a shower. Mm. If your shower head is actually clocked up by those lime scale that build over the time, and then your shower will not work effectively. So similar to car engine as well. So as the car engine is running, carbon deposit will build over time. And with this deposit targeted uh, technology, we actually go after the performance robbing deposit and how do we actually clean and protect our engine and it is able to clean up to 65% of all the deposit built in the fuel injectors as well as all, all the all the fuel intake valves. Um, it, it keeps the engine clean and actually remove the carbon deposit and ensure that no future new deposit build up which means zero build up of carbon deposit if you continue to use our new and improved shelf fuel safe 95. So every time we refuel, it's going to clean up the engine from those deposits that's sticking to the walls. Just imagine it's like a scotch tape. Sure. Or a lint roller mm. that will actually roll and clean up your, your old deposit that is stuck into your, your, your fuel injector and mm. your valves. Mm. And then as your un- engine runs with the fuse, it continues to cleanse and actually re- reduce all the deposit buildup and make sure that your engine runs efficiently part of the internal combustion engine, right? So you, you need fuels and air intake to actually mm. combust the engine, to drive the engine forward. So when that combustion happens, there will be deposit builds up. It will make your engine less efficient. The new engine will work better, whereas the older engine as carbon deposit build up, it, it will clock out uh, your engine if you do not use a quality fuels and lubricant product. Yeah. So it is important that you use uh, a new technology and hence we come up with the new and improved Shell Fuel Safe 95 that actually proved the consumer that how this uh, new product and formulation can actually help to clean your engine and drive fuel efficiency. Yeah, that's excellent because also as, um, as we know, many cars use RON95 and motorbikes as well, right? But now uh, we come on to the, the, the claim that the new and improved Shell Fuel Save 95 can give consumers up to 15 kilometers longer per tank. 
how are we proving this is, I guess, the question here. Yeah, it's very interesting. Thanks for your question. Because when we launched a product in a social media, and actually they asked me, is it a marketing gimmick? <laughs> so to, to actually prove what we say is true, we actually uh, launched the uh, new and improved Shelf You Safe 95 Challenge 2023. So we encourage fellow Malaysians to actually use our product up to 100 kilometer journey. Um, we have five regions that compete. So we, we just recently crowned five regional winner in each region. And that five winner, the result for five regions is really amazing. Um, on average, they clock in about 27.8 kilometer per liter. And uh, it's an amazing result. And then these five uh, regional winners will actually compete at a national level. They're given the uh, the same car, which is the new Honda City, the Shell Fuel Safe 95, as well as, you know, the journey that they have to drive is a 100-kilometer journey. And who clocked the, you know, highest uh, mileage will actually take away 20,000 cash. I imagine this race to be very <laughs> slow and relaxed, right? Because you have to conserve your fuel and it's like nobody's rushing to the finish line at all. No, I, I, I don't think it's going to be slow. It's, it's, it has to be like a normal driving because uh, we would just want to test the real, you know, road condition, yeah. driving behavior on the ground. But um, but the result is uh, really, really amazing from what we, we, you know, we go out there saying that 50 kilometer longer per tank and, and a lot of the... Consumers who use our product ha- can testify that it is more than that. Say I haven't been using the Fuel Save 95, Ron 95 uh, Fuel by Shell, and say I've been having a buildup of these deposits on the valves. By changing to this petrol, will it help clean up my engine? It will. It will over time. Uh, I would encourage you to try it because you will feel the difference. Mm. You will feel the difference when you actually clock in your, your mileage because as you use, it will continue to clean mm. your engine. The formulation is allowed to actually remove uh, carbon deposit buildup over time. Yeah. Will you feel a difference when you're driving? You will feel the difference that you do not need to pump your fuse as per your usual routine. Financial difference, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's uh, uh, easier on the on the wallet. Which so, is important, right? Exactly. After two years of pandemic, I think I think uh, what shall uh, expire to do when we talk about powering progress and also our brand promise is better by far. Every time or every five years or six years when we launch a product, we aim to be better by far on what we have previously launched before. So how do we continue to innovate and bring the best product to fellow Malaysian and also globally our consumer? It is is our brand promise. How do we continue to bring the best product that we have through our extensive R&D by our few scientists is very important. Mm -hmm. And it's also the core of Shell. Okay, so the new and improved Shell Fuel Safe 95, a major product launch by Shell this year. Do you have anything else big coming this year? I think uh, we just uh, actually finished the Win Free Fuel for 15 months uh, campaign and we will continue to actually encourage customers to try our new and improved Shell Fuel Save 95 to actually enjoy the benefit. We are working with our bank partners, payment partners to actually provide more benefit to the customer. And of course, not to forget, beyond the best fuels and loops that we could actually offer to our customer, upcoming we are also introducing a car care product range. So not just your engine is taken care of by Shell and we hope that you know your exterior and your interior your cleaning is also taken care by our full car care range so watch out in this space there will be more exciting campaign uh, coming but I couldn't share more so stay tuned for that 
There you go, folks. That was Li Ming, the general manager at Shell Malaysia's mobility division, speaking to Ali about the new and improved Shell Fuel Save 95. Ali, what do you think, man? I think this technology is very well researched according to the interview. I mean, she mentioned the hundreds of scientists that worked on uh, fuel efficiency and even mobility research. Daniel, any more to add before we take a short break? I think what Shell is doing is good for the lower income consumer. Quantifying that extra mileage, you're definitely going to get some feedback. Mm. Well, that's what they want really, isn't it, I guess? Yeah. Okay, let's take a short break here then. And when we come back into the third and final part of the show, it's car review is the Jaguar XF P250. Don't go anywhere. This is Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm on the phone with my uh, two friends, Ali Johan, of course, and uh, Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. We've had a whole bunch of stuff on the show already, a bunch of SUVs. It seems to be SUV after SUV on today's show. Then we had, of course, the exclusive interview with Shell Malaysia uh, about the uh, Shell Fuel Save 95. And now, finally, the review of the Jaguar XF P250. Daniel, tell us all about this then. First thing I'm going to tell you is I'm really sorry. I'm not not test-driven a, a British car, you know, for you for the longest time. So, you know, when Jaguar gave me this opportunity, I said, ah, Richard is going to be happy. <laughs> and, and then is I realized, he I'm just wondering I, how many digs you're going to have at me throughout this review. <laughs> and then I remembered that this is not an English car. Exactly. There we go, number one. <laughs> so anyway, brand new Jaguar XF, made in England by a company owned by Indians. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Anyway, so this is the Jaguar XF now. If you look at it, you might think it's the XC. Very easy to mistake it for the XC, which is a smaller sports sedan, but this is the XF. In theory, it's supposed to compete with the Mercedes E-Class the BMW 5 Series, the Audi A6. Mm. But among the, the the group, I would say this is basically the the sleekest looking, you know, low roof line, very, um, very Jaguar-ish, you know, pouncing cat and everything else. Mm. Yeah. Um, very, very handsome looking car, Richard, you know? Yeah, from, yeah. From every angle. It's just got the right, you know, from, from, the, from the headlamps, the way it looks like, you know, like a leopard's eye, you know, not a Jaguar's eye, but a leopard's eye. The big, the big mouth, you know, snarling at you. Um, it, it's a good-looking vehicle. The only problem is because it's a Jaguar, it's fully imported, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So that's why you don't see so many on our roads. Okay, okay? yeah. But let's test drive it. So we took it out. Uh, this is the XF P250 R Dynamic. Now, when they say R Dynamic, it's almost like uh, uh, saying, you know, Mercedes AMG or BMW M, you know? It's a mm. high-performance version. On top of that, this is uh, what you call uh, Jaguar's, uh, uh, you know, bread and butter performance sedan because it uses a two-liter turbocharged engine. The engine is called Ingenium. It's the same engine used also in Land Rovers. So it's like a like a family of engines. Mm. Now the power displacement and everything else is not big. One nine nine seven cc, which means. This kind of engine capacity, Rotax is not an issue. Now, 
I say that because I can't afford this car. The person who can afford this car says, two liter Rotex, what's the big deal, right? Yeah. But it's powerful enough. 250 PS, enough power. Maximum torque, 365. Top speed, 244. Zero to 100, 6.7 seconds. So immediately a lot of people are going to say, hey, 6.7 seconds. You know, my electric car can do this. My electric car can do that. Please don't compare this to an electric car. Hmm. Electric car has got instant power. It's got twin motors, most of them. they got they got much faster pickup speed. This is a normal petrol turbocharged car. So don't compare, you know. Yeah, so, so we got don't compare. There you don't go. Don't compare. Don't compare. If if you're a petrol head, you'll want this car. If you're an electric head, you'll want an electric car. So you can go and buy the I pace. So we took this car out. As usual, the moment you get in, the moment you get in, you know it's Jaguar. The smell, the leather, the paneling, everything is just top notch. I mean, you know, nowadays when I look at Jaguars and I look at even you know the other premium British brands, huh, they've come so close. They've come so close to those handmade premium British brands, you know, mm. in terms of refinement, fitment, you know, may, maybe they don't have the color choices, like the interior color choices, but you know, that is left for the cars costing two, three million ringgit. But for a car costing just 400 and odd thousand ringgit, 498 lah, just below, just below half a million, it's not too bad. Even what feels metal is metal. It doesn't feel metal. It is metal, you know. What feels leather is real leather. In terms of luxury, you definitely get a luxury sports sedan. Then you get in and the typical Jaguar interior is there. The new infotainment system, the new uh, uh, you know, touchscreen panel and everything else. Everything that you see in a Land Rover has been carried and shared in this vehicle also. Okay, the big, yeah. The big flat screen, you know, whatever functions you think. If, if you are driving a Land Rover, you'll straight away get feel like custom and at home in this vehicle. Same with the Range Rover owner because it's all shared. Maybe mm. the screen size will be a bit different. So, like with any car you want to test drive, forget about the PV Pro entertainment system and how it works and all that. Let's talk about the driving dynamics. This car sits low on the ground, big wheels, nice adaptive suspension system. Take it out on the road and you know that this is a performance sedan. It might not be as fast as electric car. It might not be as fast as some BMW M cars or Mercedes AMG cars. But it feels as fast because it's quiet, it's got a raspy exhaust note and it handles really well. The only problem is whenever you stop anywhere, people look at you. They don't admire the car as much as they admire BMWs, I mean M cars and, and AMG cars because they're very common. Mm. They're, you know, you see them everywhere and you know, the branding is so strong. BMW M, Mercedes AMG, you know, Audi RS. This branding is so strong with all these brands Jaguar mm. seems to lose that edge, you know? Years ago, when you mentioned HSE, Range Rover, I know what that is, you know? Yeah, yeah. But no one says R Dynamic. No one even bothers to even mention it, you know? So, lack of branding and lack of um, consumer knowledge about what this model can do and has is what is reducing its appeal in the market. So, only people, die-hard Jaguar people, when you park the car, they come up to you, oh, this is a new model, huh? Ah, how much, eh? Wow, yo, that price, huh? That's the reaction we get. Right. Because they compare with the with the immediate rivals, which are much, not to say much lower, but lower in price, simply because some of them are local assembled, simply because some of them are sold in larger numbers. So Jaguar has a little bit of room to work on, you know, to get the brand up. So not many units on the road, not many have been delivered. 
that is the only sad part I see about this new Jaguar XF. You see, here's the thing for me. Uh, and um, when I think of a Jaguar, I think of the, the XJ, right? Right. Which is the now. Yeah, the older XJ. So, you know, like right. the X300 and, and that kind of stuff. Oh, you're talking about the classic ones, yes. The classic ones, yeah. That's yes. in my head, that's the image that I have of the Jaguar. And so when they move to this new kind of um, design, you know, this, modern, this new, modern. Yeah, this modern design, I felt that it looked too similar to many other cars on the road, right? Understood. Not, not, not that it doesn't stand out, because it does, it, you know, if you know what you're looking for. But yeah. it just felt, you know, I think that's why maybe it doesn't have the love perhaps it could have done like the BMWs do for whatever. It's not flashy enough. It, it, it blends in too, too, too easily. You Does that right make sense? Word. It's not flashy enough. Yeah, mm. yeah. You see, you look at an old XJL even uh, today. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. It still looks flashy. Yeah. yeah. You know, even though it's 12 years, 13 years old, uh, ah. it looks flashy. You, you take something even older, you know, mm. with those mm -hmm. twin round lights, chrome bumpers. That's it, the round lights. That was yes. the big deal about it. And you need to have the Jaguar on the hood, the ornament. You need to have it. Oh, my mm. God. That's mm. my deal with it. I completely lost interest because it doesn't have the Jaguar on the hood, you know. People were stealing them, I bet. No, actually, the biggest reason was because of pedestrian pedestrian accidents. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. You see, you see, every car manufacturer had anything on the hood. It's all disappeared. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, mm. Mercedes Benz. Mm. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Anything on the hood, Rolls Royce, the thing automatically goes down. Yeah, they have to, they have to build build in a me mechanism that works in a split second to go down because of pedestrian safety. Yeah. I wonder about the future of this car, Daniel, because even Jaguar has gone electric now, and this is their one of their last petrol cars, right? Yes, you're very right, Ali. They are slowly... Is it, like the XJL has been discontinued. This will probably... They haven't said it, but it'll probably be discontinued. Then more vehicles like the I-Pace will come out. So I think the I-Pace, the E-Pace, you know, maybe, uh, you know, other versions of it will come out all electric. So it'll be sad to see cars like this slowly disappear. Mm. And if you think about it, it's also happening with the German brands. Mm. Everybody is going into this electric phase, which everything looks... Almost SUV-ish, you know? Yeah. So this could be Jaguar's last roar before it moves into the purr, I guess. Very <laughs> right. Last roar before purr. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. But are you willing to pay half a million ringgit to get the last roar? No. Mm. No, I'm not. Yeah, I, and I wish I was. Yeah, no. and considering it's rivals and the same segment. Yeah, because you can get the Mercedes E300 AMG. You can get the BMW 530. How much less? At least a hundred thousand ringgit less. Oh, they're all local assembled. Yeah, yeah. You see that? that that's that's a big deal. That yeah, you have to be somebody who don't mind standing out or doing different things to have. Yes. This car. Mm. Yes. Okay then. Um, shall we wrap up on that? I think we should. Well, there we go. Folks, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. As usual, this, of course, was Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. whole bunch of stuff on today's show, the Proton X90, how you can have now 10 years on your driving license, the Subaru Forester, the BMW iX1, the Netta V, exclusive interview we had with Shell Malaysia, of course, on Shell Fuel Save 95, and, of course, that review just then of the Jaguar XFP250. If you missed any part 
part of the show don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from we recommend the bfm app that is available in the apple app store and google play on behalf of myself ali johan and daniel fernandez from dsf.my we're going to say goodbye for this evening and we'll be back same time same place next week for cruise control here on bfm 89.9 the business station listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.